This is the John Oakley Show podcast. We're going to have to uh, stand in the face of what very likely will be uh, negative, divisive divisive campaigns while we stay positive. We know that scaring people and dividing people might lead to short-term electoral gains, but it ends up hurting your capacity to govern for everyone. And our focus will always remain pulling Canadians together. That was Justin Trudeau, the Prime Minister, earlier this morning at a breakfast here in Toronto, and uh, where he's touting his acumen for being a uniter rather than a divider. Some may find that somewhat, uh, well, ironic or hypocritical. Let's find out how Conrad Black feels about that and other matters as he joins us here this afternoon and most Fridays at this time, noted author, commentator, and historian. Good afternoon, Conrad. Good afternoon, John. All right. On the matter of Justin Trudeau, I mean, the politics of division. Look, uh, a lot of people actually do play that divide and conquer game. Uh, He calls himself a uniter. You buying that? Look, I think in a way, yes. You may be astounded to hear me say it and you and your Listeners may think I'm gullible, but, you know, I know him, and I think he is basically a very nice guy. And, and uh, I, I don't, frankly, think his government has been very successful, but I don't think creating, deliberately creating divisions is the, is the chief problem. He, what he has done, and, and I think this was incidental to other policy decisions that were innocuously enough intended. He has terribly mistreated Alberta, punished the oil industry as a matter of policy because he's bought into a lot of absolute nonsense environmentally. And and he has given a, a very great grievance to Alberta and Saskatchewan uh, and, and to some, in some respects, all, all of Western Canada, uh, that just shouldn't happen. Now, I don't think he set out to do it. He's certainly not biased against those people. But the, the policies this government has adopted have forced a severe economic depression on Alberta, and I don't blame these Albertans uh, for being really, really upset about it. Well, can you recall a time, I guess it goes back to his father, uh, where you've seen such Western alienation, I mean, even to the point where there's talk of secession. I mean, I know that's probably pie in the sky, but boy, uh, people are pretty adamant out there. This is true, and yet the Reform Party, which really started as a Western protest movement, got going under Brian Mulroney, who, in my opinion, did his best for for all sections of the country. In fairness to Pierre Trudeau, there's no doubt that, that he piled onto the oil industry, but it wasn't for a spurious... Uh, environmental policy uh, to, to turn this, you know, just turn the clock backwards and all of us, irrespective of cost, and throw huge numbers of people out of work because they're supposedly engaged in uh, activity that wasn't environmentally sound, which is just nonsense from A to Z. But uh, Trudeau was essentially rounding up money from the rest of the country and pouring it into Quebec, not because he was a French Canadian, but because he wanted to stop the separatists. And now I, I had some difficulty with some of the aspects of what he did, but I had no doubt of his sincerity in that. And furthermore, I had no doubt that he was the only person who could stop the separatists, and he did do it. Hmm. Uh, so, so, so he gets at least, you know, well, this can be debated, but he gets a pass for some things that on their face were bad policy. And in Justin's case, they bought a line on the environment, like the line they bought on gender issues, which is just a nonsense and a bore and an injustice to everybody, regardless of gender and sexuality. And and they bought a line on native affairs that invites the inference that 
we, the the people who came from Europe and other continents, um, invaded their country in a way morally indistinguishable from Hitler and Stalin invading Poland in 1939. That's where we're leading to. That's not where he wants to go, but that is in fact what that is the inference that he is inciting. These are bad policies, but Justin himself, in my opinion, is a very well-meaning person. Yeah, something else they bought was a pipeline for $4.5 billion. A, a scandal, an outrage, <laughs> they, where we're buying oil from Venezuela, whose government we no longer recognize, for good reason, mm. and, and Iran, rather than supplying eastern Canada with our own oil. All we need to do is build the pipeline. And, and we're not allowing Alberta to export to the Far East because we bought a pipeline and then allowed courts to overturn the uh, the High Court of Parliament and the imminent domain of the national interest and just shut it down. And the whole thing is an utter disgrace. And he, he, he's not going to get away with saying uh, that complaining about that is just trying to divide people. Complaining about that is trying to get better government. Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the parliamentary budget officer came out with a finding saying this pipeline, A, we probably overpaid uh, by about a billion. At and, least. Yeah, and uh, secondly, uh, if we can't get it built uh, within a closing window of time, it diminishes the uh, value of the property, and therefore we couldn't unload it. We'd have to unload it for pennies on the dollar, ultimately, and it looks like that's going to be in the cards because you've got all these indigenous groups that are going to put up protests. We've seen the blockade, the well, RCMP. Yeah, but you just... You just Ignore the protests. I mean, you, 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 you produce a reasonable, fair, equitable settlement for them, and you build the pipeline, and you stop this nonsense. I mean, governments are supposed to govern, not, not dictate and in a totalitarian way bulldoze people, but get things done that have to be done in the national interest as fairly as you can. Again with Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Okay, so Justin's not necessarily a divider, but uh, a real polarizing figure gives his State of the Union address on Tuesday night. That'll be interesting with Nancy Pelosi standing or sitting right behind him. Uh, Donald Trump. Uh, but it's interesting where the left is going in America, as you're seeing more and more people throwing their hat into the ring as uh, potential presidential candidates. You know, you've got uh, this Kamala Harris from California talking about universal health care, as we have in Canada, so they want to replicate that model. Uh, this uh, Orcasio-Cortez wants uh, free tuition for all. I mean, do you see America really drifting hard to the left? I mean, you've got that Elizabeth Warren as well. They want, And then Bernie Sanders talked about a 77% tax rate on the 1%. Where's America going, Conrad? Uh, America is going right where it is now. It's sticking with Trump. The Democratic Party is on a dive to the bottom. It's a suicide mission. It's like the Republicans in 1964 going for Goldwater and effectively opposing civil rights for African Americans. So that's not how they put it. They called it states' rights. And, and the Democrats going for George McGovern in 72 when they wanted to bus millions of school children all around all the metropolitan areas of America into districts far from where they lived, regardless of what their parents thought, because they wanted ethnic balance in the schools and, and who wanted a solution in Vietnam, which even the New York Times said was more humiliating to America than what the North Vietnamese government was asking for. They, uh, of all of these 30-some Democratic potential candidates, the only two that would have any chance of putting up a respectable race are Michael Bloomberg and Sherrod Brown, of the ones that are in the picture now. They, they are becoming the party of open borders. Everybody comes in. They all vote, whether they're citizens or not, and legal uh, residents or entrants or not. Uh, nationalization of the entire health care industry, which is 
Bloomberg, who built up a great business, said would cost trillions of dollars and bankrupt the country, and and uh, 70 or higher percent tax rate. And on top of that, never mind abortion. We will have the child born. When the child is born, we will then, if we decide that uh, you know he's just not making the cut, we'll dispose of him. The murder of born children. That isn't abortion. It's infanticide. The Democratic Party goes for that. Trump will beat Mr. Nixon's record for a plurality, which was 18 million votes in a much smaller electorate uh, in 1972. He'll win by over 20 million votes if he's running against those people. It's, the United States isn't going left, but that party is so shaken by, by Donald Trump's assault on the political class that they've lost their mind. <laughs> okay, Trump derangement syndrome. And yeah. f- finally, now, that- mind you, remember, the parties take a terrible beating at the polls, and they come back. I mean, uh, Lyndon Johnson beat Goldwater by 17 million votes, again, in a much smaller electorate, and uh, and, the Democrat, uh, the, and the Republicans won the next election with Nixon. Nixon hammered the Democrats. It was a landslide. 18 million votes, uh, and, and, the, and the Democrats won the next election. Conrad, what do you think the defining issue or issues will be in our Canadian election in October? Well, if the conservatives play it right and Justin doesn't uh, come up with it with some kind of a solution on the pipeline thing, I think, uh, I think that is the biggest issue, and, and it can be presented as just sheer stupefying incompetence. And then the sidebar, the leitmotif, is if, if they can uh, really torque up uh, uh, you know, election advertising pictures of Justin's costume tour of India. I mean, <laughs> nothing is as dangerous in politics as something that's ridiculous. <laughs> it's like when Franklin D. Roosevelt uh, uh, referred to a story that some opposing candidate, not, not even for president, had put out that, that he had left his, his dog you know, the, his domestic pet, his dog, on an Aleutian island on his way back from meeting with General MacArthur and Admiral Nimitz and sent a destroyer back to collect the dog. And by the time Roosevelt had finished with it, the, the Republican candidate was running against the president's dog. <laughs> <laughs> well, it kind of reminds me, Michael Dukakis in the tank with that helmet. That was it. It was over. Game over. Well, do you remember in, in Britain when the uh, the Liberal Democrats, who had a great charge in the polls, said, all right, we're, uh, we, we want Britain, we, we stick to our platform of disarmament, but we will, we will keep our nuclear submarines because we'll integrate with the French, and the French will control the use of the nuclear missiles. So Thatcher said, aha, we will build submarines, and we will pay to put nuclear missiles in them, and we will have French officers commanding our sailors and deciding when we fire our nuclear weapons. That's a brilliant defense policy. <laughs> the party vanished. Never, not never been heard from since. There it is. Uh, you know, a linchpin like that uh, just waiting to happen. It's a long way to the election, but uh, <laughs> it's interesting grist for the mill. Conrad, we'll talk again next Friday. Stay warm. Have a great weekend. Thanks. Same to you, John, and your listeners. Conrad Black, author, commentator, and historian. Thanks for listening to the John Oakley Show podcast. Be sure to rate, review, and subscribe for free at Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and anywhere else you get your on-demand audio.